Hi, it's Tony. On today's show, we will see if Wilbon is surprised about anything that happened this weekend, and we'll check in with Mark Feinsand on the baseball playoffs. But first, commerce. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Previously on The Tony Kornheiser Show. I have sneezing fits. Almost every day where I sneeze like eight or nine times. <laughs> eight I or nine times. Well, before this interview, hoping to avoid this very scenario. That's no, great. Um, and it's backfiring on me, much like Bryce Young's indoctrination in the NFL. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, look, I think he could still be fine. And I like that coupling a lot in the summer. So I'm not going to. Boom. <laughs> oh, yeah. There we go. Damn. <laughs> so good. Uh, I'd like to tell you that's the last one. But no, sure. it's not going to be. <laughs> The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. A lot of shows would take that out. <laughs> a lot of shows wouldn't let a guy sneeze four, five, six <laughs> times, a friend of yours, a guest. And would just say, okay, Jason, when you're done sneezing, we'll come back to you. Not this show. This show believes in the human quality of people. Sneezing Absolutely. being one of the human qualities. Sneezing, coughing, whatever else happens. Dogs barking. That's, uh, you know, that's what this show believes yeah. in. Right? Radio background. You just let it all fly. Yeah. I mean, Curtain is up. Yeah. You get to see everything, yeah. people. Yeah. All right. I'm so, so satisfied with that last one. No, it's a great sneeze. <laughs> so here, here we have, um, we have a Monday and it's an incredibly crowded Monday because you have the football, you have college football if you care about it. I mean, it, boy, when something happens on Saturday by Monday, it really feels dead. But you have baseball. And I have to concede, I was really surprised that Houston didn't win last night. I preferred the baseball to the football. It's not that I don't think that Philadelphia and Miami was a good game. It was a good game. Philadelphia, I think, won convincingly. I would tell you that the two teams that were good teams that won convincingly yesterday were that played tough teams were Kansas City, because that was a divisional game, and Philadelphia. Those were, And they won by... Two touchdowns. They yeah. were convincing. People will say to me, well, what about Baltimore? Yeah, that was a very convincing win. I understand that. But Detroit had nothing on the line in that game. Nothing. And Baltimore had everything on the line. It was also line. over in the first half. Yeah, it was like 28 yeah. nothing. Yeah, it was unbelievable. I mean, now you go Very back. happy six-year-old in our house. Yeah, they, because, yeah. Loves Wilson the Ravens. Likes the loves Ravens. The, yeah, loves the Ravens. That's interesting. Ravens. Edgar Allan Poe like fan? Uh, no, color... It's birds? the colors, colors and birds. At least mm. I colors steered him birds. away from the eagles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fly, eagles, fly. <laughs> colors and birds. And the Kelly so green. So that's all out there, but I was, I didn't make it all the way in the in the Houston-Texas game. I'm really surprised. We'll get to Mark Feinsand later. I'm really surprised that Houston lost that game. But more I so thought just it was because, four in a row. Because of the way it opened. <laughs> yeah. Altuve gets on immediately. Alvarez got him in, right? Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> and you say to yourself, they have Ivaldi's number. Ivaldi's not going to cruise in this game. This game is over. This series is over. And I found out this morning that Texas won and had five in the ninth. I'm, I'm just surprised in that. And we will ask Mark about this. But it were, what it reminds me of, what it reminds Michael of, what it reminds Nigel of, as people from Washington who like the Nats, is the World Series of 2019 in which no home team won a game. And I know this because I went to game three, you know, hoping that the Nats would win it. No, no. They All lost. your hopes in one crust of yeah, bread. Yes, they lost three, four, and five. <laughs> Do you think Scherzer remembers? I think Scherzer, is Scherzer's going to go in yeah. game seven. Now, what do you think about that? Uh, I, I think you he look didn't at- look good in game Three. He did not, but if that was basically the extension of your simulated game just to get you ready, I think if there's one guy who's able to look past one or two early home runs, it would be him who could settle it down. Uh, and I think everything changed with that eighth inning last night where you look saying that is where the, the script is supposed to turn. You put a couple in to tie the game and win it at home and close it. And LeClerc got out of the yeah. inning. He got a soft line drive and he got a strikeout. Yeah. I thought Texas was done. 
Now, um, I'm not saying Houston won't win and and finally some team in this series will win a home game. That's why we have Feinsand on. But that was very surprising to me. And I think if you're Fox and you're facing the possibility, well, the Phillies are up 3-2. The one thing you don't want is an Arizona-Texas series, a World Series. You don't want that. No. There's no draw. No. There is just no draw, Arizona and Texas. You're beginning to get a, You're getting eyeballs on one player in Texas. You, Corey everyone, Seager? Well, everyone wants to see Garcia's at bats. Oh, Garcia's at bats. Yeah, we struck out four times yesterday. Sure, but the highlight is the ninth inning grand slam. Yeah, so. Oh, that was. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was a rocket. Yeah. And the guy, I forget the name of the guy, but it was first pitch swinging that got the, the first run back for the Rangers. I mean, that was out of there in a hurry. It was like, ooh, okay. Because you thought at that point, as you said, well, Houston's well, that, up. Valdez was pitching to Garber. It was it Garber? Garber. Yeah. yeah. And Garber hit it out. Valdez has not no. been. Valdez was an all-star pitcher. Valdez was a number one starter for a couple of years for Houston. And he is not now. He's not. So there's going to be a Game 7 today, Game 6 in Philadelphia today. They have the early slot. Game 7, Houston tonight. So people can I'm watch sure some that. fans never left the, the, the arena area last night after the Eagles played. Well, just stayed there yeah. and got drunk and, and got their seats. Yeah, that's what happens. Got some Wawa delivered on DoorDash. <laughs> the, one, the one bet I would Chicken have made Pete's. yesterday, mm. the one bet I would have made, and I said this to a group of people, one bet I would have made yesterday is I'd have bet the under in Washington Giants. I don't care what the under was. It couldn't be under 35. It really couldn't be under 35. It was 21. They, they stink. Both those teams absolutely stink, right? Yes. They stink. Yes, they do. And I believe Reginald got that wrong yet again. Reginald was... Nobody had a winning record. Reginald one and two for every single week this nobody season. Nobody had a winning record. Chuck Todd was three and f- or two and five. Carver was three and three. Jeff Ma took gas. He was one and four. He won the college game, lost all four pro games, if I'm not mistaken. You could check that out. Feels like Sam Howe's going to set a record for a number of sacks taken. He is. He's going to be like David Carr, and he'll be out of the league in three years like David Carr because he'll be bruised. He'll be bruised. Uh, he, he, he's going to set a record their offensive line must be terrible and or he must be very slow. Yeah, a little bit of both. Uh, but then you look at the, in all of these games, it started to feel like the Eagles game where you have a chance to come back and then you you get a field goal blocked. You are uh, They had lots of chances. The Giants don't run away and hide. The Giants aren't any good. They had lots of chances. A lot of punting. By the way, the over-under for the uh, Washington Giants game, 37. I would have bet it. Yes. I would have bet it. That was the one thing I would have bet. They might not hit that in the second game. You know, Washington just, did just look terrible. So we got to play golf with Michael yesterday. Oh, I was nice. very happy. Did you enjoy yourself? Uh, yeah. So windy. we were trying to time it so that I could pick the boys up for their one o'clock tennis lesson. So right. once we got to the, the second nine, uh, my, my, my attention was... Liz's gone. You my attention was focused. I was, run, I was running to the tee box to try and get us moving. You just... Are it, we going to address the elephant in the room? Your behavior on number eight. My behavior on number eight. What did I do on number eight? Oh, no. Uh, so to set the scene, you've talked about Columbia a lot. Uh, we have a course that does not have the two nines that start at the clubhouse and loop back. Oh, do you so, think I, I, I teed off early? No, 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 no. This is your behavior with another group. Oh, go ahead. You can say that. Uh, so we have a snack bar that is in between the seventh and eighth hole. I got very I'm putting out on seven. And they're eating. And I see you eat. clapping at the group ahead of us right. as if Let's you're go. clapping at a dog. Let's go faster. <laughs> I said to my friend Tom Jones, not that Tom Jones, let's go faster. And he looked at me. He said, it's not me. It's them. It was two other guys who There's... may have been guests. I don't know who no. they were. They're sitting there eating? But after that, it wasn't. No. After that, we didn't see them again. <laughs> They were going so fast, we never saw them. So it worked. Yeah. Was there, my behavior bad? It was just, uh, we were not behind schedule. It just was, it was, uh, I was no, surprised. No, we were going fast. Well, we were a four and we caught up to a three. We caught up to a three on six. And that shouldn't happen. You shouldn't catch up to a three. Right? I'm sorry. It's all right. No, I mean, so I, I maybe behaved badly, but it, it achieved the, the, the result. desired result. Yes. Well, you missed my birdie putt. What do you mean? I birdied seven. 
You had like four birdies. Okay, well, I, I birdied seven and you missed it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I missed it. But I birdied. I had a birdie. You did? I had a birdie on 12 on the par five because of like a 60 mile an hour wind behind me. I got there in three. <laughs> I made my four footer for birdie a lot more difficult. Yeah, yeah. So I was pretty happy about that. I actually, I had less than my usual compliment of bad shots, cripplingly bad shots. I only had about three and that's not bad. For me, I shanked one shank total shankopotamus <laughs> after a really good drive on on fourteen. I shanked one halfway down the hill. Yeah, I was no, I was all the way down the hill. I mean, I hit a really good drive again, fifty mile an hour wind behind me, and I'm playing the short tees. You know, but I mean, I, I, I had a very good time. We played with Steve Rose and Bill Russell, not that Bill Russell, and we had a very good time. And and yes, you were sort of you were. Your attention was divided. Yeah, but that's it was great. I got to see friends of mine were playing in the group behind us. Uh, right. You get a beautiful bonus fall Sunday. It was beautiful, uh, just had, windy. Gorgeous, yeah. yeah. There was some rain in the morning before two day, we played. Two days in a row, very windy. Yes. Two days in a row. I played both days. I don't really I keep score, but it's, I always end up with 92. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I end up with 92. I can shoot 42 on the front and end up with 92. <laughs> it's just what I end up with. Because I'm not very good. In fact, I'm bad. Uh, I guess the biggest surprise was Buffalo, New England, I guess. Mac was, Jones looked great. Mac Jones looked like Tom Brady on the last drive. Yeah. He did. He yeah. looked like Tom Brady. I guess that's the biggest surprise. I don't know. Well, and the new, I, I would tell you the biggest the surprise su- at the way Belichick and the, and the Patriots had been playing for the last month. Right. Yeah. And they wanted to beat a good team. I was surprised. I was watching. You know, in the red zone, you see a lot of different things. They gave Kenny Pickett a first down. He didn't get that first down. Oh, I didn't see he that. He didn't get that first down. He was short of that, and they beat the Rams because of that first down. That was a bad call. They also there was a bad call on the um, in the Indianapolis Indianapolis oh, game. Oh, I mean, uh, there yes. was a bad pass interference call. It was not pass interference. These calls late in games enable drives to continue and enable teams to win that should not win these games. Yeah. So. But I watched a whole bunch of stuff. Desmond Ritter won the game for Atlanta, but he had two fumbles, one at the one and one in the end zone going into the end. You know, do you really you feel confident in him? No. No. No, there's no confidence in him. Jordan Love, he stinks. He stinks. He's no good. Yeah. You know. That was But a- Lamar Jackson was good. Lamar Jackson he had came his up huge. Yeah. I mean uh, it- you sort of expected a little fallback for the Lions at some point. Yes. On the road against yeah, a good team. Yeah, that's right. Doesn't surprise you. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But Kansas City and Philadelphia won convincingly. Now, with the Bills, just for a second, I mean, they, that's bad. They lost to Jacksonville in England. So you're like, well, we can write that off because it's overseas. Well, they lost to the Jets in the opening game, Monday yeah. Night Football. They lost that. They have three losses. They have three losses, three, yeah. Three seems like a lot out of seven. Yeah, especially to some of the teams that they lost to. You're like, you should be winning these, these yeah, matches. Just, yeah. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, Wilbon, when we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a band called Accidental Flowers. It's sent to us these tunes from A. Robert Basile, or Basil. He's the bass player, the producer, and the mixer for Accidental Flowers. Watch a lot of PTI, he writes. Founded by guitarist, songwriter Brian Walker Talbot and the bass player and poet A. Robert Basile of Basile. Southern New Jersey, Accidental Flowers nurtured their voice in the East Coast music scene 
since 2016. This is called A Better Way to Fall Down. It's a title track from the 2022 EP, and it is about resisting the urge to completely burn everything down when things start falling apart rather than trying to learn and redirect that energy into something positive. A Better Way to Fall Down plays in Michael Wilbon so much over the weekend. There's college football. There's pro football. There's baseball. I'll just, I'll just I'll go just to start with the baseball. I was very surprised that Houston lost that game. Were you? Uh, to a degree, I, I don't get surprised by one baseball result. There's too many games. It's not football. Um, you know, it's going to go back and forth. I mean, Houston has struggled at home. Yeah, they've which we know they've been again. great on the road, and so this pattern has been set up over 100. Now. Not just 162, but by now, like 172 games. So, so no, uh, I'm, I'm not. I mean, do I think Houston will win game seven tonight? I think. But I, there's no one baseball result that is going to surprise me over the marathon of a season. And Texas is obviously a worthy, uh, a worthy opponent. So do I think Houston will win? I guess. They've, they've, they've come up clutch in these game seven, sixes, and sevens before. They only got to get one. I don't know. I don't know. And and I got Scherzer on the mound tonight, so I'm totally oh, invested. Scherzer's going tonight. Apparently wow. it's Scherzer, who yeah, I don't even well, know that I would start him after what happened in well, game three. Let me tell you, no, nobody has, nobody's trotting out Gibson and Koufax. Right. I mean, these teams have bullpen days. So if Max Scherzer can go, you put him out there. and it, Max Scherzer or bullpen. So, I mean, when you look at these games, these playoff games, playoff games where both teams are having bullpen days. So it speaks to the dearth of pitching. And, um, yeah, you can run Max Scherzer out there if you think that, especially if you think that he benefited from the last starter, which he gave yeah. like four or five runs early, then, yeah, then you've got an advantage if you think Scherzer can give you, you know, even 80% of Max Scherzer tonight and, and keep you to three to four runs, you think you've got a chance if, you, if you're the Texas Rangers. Maybe. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I am surprised, although it does fit that pattern. No team has won at home. Six games yeah. now. No team has won at home. Um, yeah. I, I won't do much on college football. I know Northwestern, they lost, right, to Nebraska, but the close game. Yeah. Yeah. But Penn State, they have no offense at all, Mike. Tony, I told you they're not any good. They I tell you every week that the Big Ten is not any good. The Big Ten is not any good this year. Well, Ohio Michigan State's looks not great. Good. Michigan Michigan's no. the best of the teams. Michigan's right. better than Ohio State. Right. And if Jim Harbaugh wins the national championship – um, if he wins a playoff, even if he gets to the championship game, I think you're going to see the end of his days at Michigan. Um, but they're not, they're, not, they're not great. There's no, there's no great team in college football. Georgia's not great. Alabama's starting to, is trying to reset itself and climb. Penn State, I watched Penn State in person. Yeah, they just have no so offense. This is not, they're not great. They're not. No. I mean, there's no, I mean, people can start to break this down however they want. It's a waste of time. I mean, Penn State's not great, and the team they played, Ohio State, is not great. Um, there's intrigue to the season because all these teams are sevens. Nobody's a nine. Right. So this is and, and that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. We're well along the way to establishing what the college football season is. It's got some excitement to it, a lot of excitement. You will stay up and watch these late-night games. These games are crazy. The USC game against Utah was insanely entertaining. And they're not great. They have no defense. Lincoln Riley's team doesn't have defense usually, and now it basically is undermining, you know, his best player, and that's too bad. Um, let me go to the pros and ask this very general question. Which to you, I'm going to list three things, basically. Which to you is the most sort of significant result among these three things? Buffalo losing. Losing to New England, Baltimore killing Detroit, or both Kansas City and Philadelphia, Super Bowl teams, convincingly winning against good teams. Which is the most, what's the biggest story to you? Baltimore, Baltimore, because Detroit's result tells you about two teams. Right. The other games you mentioned don't. They tell you a little bit about Kansas City sort of getting into what is really called a midseason form. Right. And the same thing about Philly. They play at home. They're supposed to win those games. Baltimore played at home, too. But Baltimore played a team that people thought might be entering the class of the NFC, which it isn't. 
And so the Baltimore win tells you what Baltimore is capable of on the on the top end, and it tells you that the Lions can still go Lion. Right, right. And so it tells you about two things. It tells you two things. The other games don't tell you that. I they was I was stunned. I mean, I'm watching Red Zone, so I'm you know I'm just getting it when you know when they turn it over. But Buffalo, New England. First of all. This is three losses for Buffalo. They've only played seven games. They're allegedly a Super Bowl contender. <laughs> they have three losses. And Mac Jones looked like Tom Brady in the last minute and 30. Well, they needed to recover. I mean, New England needed to rebound. Definitely. Yes. They were the more desperate team. The, 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 I think we have also reached a point where Buffalo, we now know what Buffalo is. Buffalo's a second tier team. I agree with that. You know, like the Cowboys and like other teams that want to be, they're not, they're not Kansas City, um, San Francisco, Philly. They're not. So I, this until until further notice, until I see something different from Buffalo, eh, you know. But this is what Buffalo is. Who they thought we are? Uh-huh. Who they thought you know? You know, we, we they are what they thought, um, which is. They're, they're a good team, Tony. They're not a team I'm going to take seriously in January until I see. i got to see a run of five or six games where they consistently do things as opposed to just walk into the postgame afterward and tell you, yeah, we, we're going to do better next week. i gotta see, I got to see some. Otherwise, I mean, it's Groundhog Day for them. I'm not going to yeah, keep. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm not going to keep busting my head against the wall for Buffalo. I watched things happen. On Desmond Ritter, I mean, come on, two fumbles at the goal line, and then they actually win the game because I thought they got a bad call on pass interference that went their way. Green Bay stick. Jordan Love's no good. He's no good. Or am well, I, it, I, 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 I don't. He certainly hasn't proven to be good. I don't know that I'm ready to quit on him yet. But as I told you, none of the teams in that division are any good. Well, let's get I to mean, the Bears because the Bears are very interesting in this regard. I mean, yeah. they finally won. They won with a kid from a D two school at quarterback, Shepherd College, yeah. which which you and I know well because the Bullets and the Wizards used to yeah. train there. I've, we've actually been to that. I've been camp. there. <laughs> been I've there. been to that school. Yeah. Um, how do you how do you view that? I don't know. So yesterday, yesterday, Tony, you you know we find out Fields, well listed as doubtful, wasn't going to play and didn't. Right. And you know it's not an injury that should keep him out more than a couple of weeks because it's a busted. Th- I mean, it's not even busted; it's a dislocated thumb. And he can't even grip the ball, which is on, on his throwing hand. So we're going to get this guy Tyson Badgett, who I, look you you're aware of him. If you are in Chicago, if you're following the Bears, that's the only. Or yeah, I never heard Virginia. of him. Never. Heard We've of heard of him because people thought there were people in and around the Bears organization, including former Bears, who go to practice sometimes at Lake Forest, and they say, "By the way, this guy's pretty good." And you're like, "What are you talking about?" Look, I, and I'm not going to get into which specific Bears told me this. You know who told me? But oh, I know. I talked to former Bears, plural, plural. I watch games in Chicago at Soldier Field with former Bears, plural. Former great ones. A couple of ones have what we call Hall of Fame jackets. And they have said to me, listen, I want this to work with Justin Fields just like you do. However, this other kid, he runs the offense better. And you're like, what are you saying? What are you saying to me? This, I'm talking four or five weeks ago, Tony. These conversations are not new in Chicago. And so Fields then goes out and has these two games where he plays three quarters of one game. He plays at a level that is a 10, sets club records. And then he plays against the Washington franchise, and he, again, is a nine and a half back-to-back games. And then he hurts his thumb while getting sacked in a game, and they got to play this other kid. And now this kid goes out, and the fir- first of all, the first week in relief he was 10 for 14. He threw a pick. He threw a bad pick that cost him maybe a game. But he's just, he just coming off out of the bullpen. Then he gets a start, and he looks totally prepared. The offense is crisp. It's quicker. It's got pace to it. The running game is better. And so, so all the people that you know who I know who are Bears fans, we're all calling each other, and this is the question. What do we do now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. He looked good, and it wasn't Tony. It just wasn't he looked good for one game. It's the way he did it. It's because the offense looked crisp. 
it looked like the coaches were more in sync or he was more in sync with the coaches. And so now, I mean, Justin Fields can play Sunday. Uh, what is Justin Fields thinking as he watches this? Uh, the, Bears, the Bears have their own pick, which is going to be high. It's not going to be one or two. We got Carolina's football. pick going to be one more or two. More importantly, we got Carolina's pick. That's right. And so what do you do? And so also the, the losses by the USC, while Caleb Williams looked spectacular at times again in his game, people look at losses who don't just watch highlights and headlines. They don't know any better. They don't know that Caleb Williams looked spectacular. So what do you do? What are you thinking? Like, are you thinking, okay, we're going to draft Caleb Williams and reset the clock, and then we could also draft Marvin Harrison? Who, 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 by the way, He's every really week good. looks like the greatest He's really receiver good. in the history of college football. Yeah, he looks really so good. So you take those two if you can. Um, what do you do? Do you just say, hold on, we, got, we still have Justin Fields, or do you say, who is this kid? Who is this kid from some little place in West Virginia? And is he any good? And so we get to watch him. Is he like Brock Purdy? Maybe, maybe he, he, yes, he was undrafted. He, Tony, his history, his personal history is fascinating. It's sort of bizarre. His father is like the world arm wrestling champion for like 15 years. Wow. And his grandfather, the arm what is that? Hmm. How do you get to be that? And this kid thought, well, if I don't get a chance to show what I can do in the NFL, I'm going to go into arm wrestling. In the meantime, once again, let me repeat. There are people who wear gold jackets for the Chicago Bears who say in, to real, in real conversations five weeks ago, you know, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but this kid can play. I like him better than Fields. What? And then he goes out there yesterday and he does this thing. So it is intriguing. It's fascinating. I don't know what it means. And when you ask me what are people thinking, the question we all ask each other over and over and over again last night. I talked to a Bears owner last night at 11 o'clock who called with the following question. Once again, an owner who said to me, so what do we do now? And that's all we're asking. Wow. <clears throat> that's all we're asking each other. We, I, asked, I asked two, three Bears players yesterday in text, what do we do now? So it's just, it's funny, and I don't know what kind of attention it'll get nationally. It probably isn't even worth that much attention. You had big stuff with Miami and Philly and Kansas City. You, you know, you got big stuff with teams that matter more than the Bears. But it is a, you know, it is an interesting thing, and most people, even I, I fear the national talking heads, they, will, they won't know the nuance of this because they're not wrapped up in it like a lot of us are. No, I think you're right about that. Okay, I'll talk to you later. All right, Tom. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls. I had no idea that arm wrestling was a growth industry. You could say to your kid, why would you want to become a teacher? Why not be an arm wrestler? Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, Mark Feinstein will talk about baseball. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Be sad with me. Once again... This is Accidental Flowers. This is a song, pretty good, by the way. Yeah, pretty very good. This is a song called Home is the Blue House. It's the second song that we've played for them today. This is their most recent single. Very nice, very nice. Michael, if people like Accidental Flowers want to send us their original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornizershow.com. And remember, you can listen to these songs in their entirety right now. You can just dump us if you want. I wouldn't, but you can. <laughs> but at the end of the show, you can listen to it. Mark Feinstein joins us now. We just had Wilbon on. Wilbon is never surprised at anything. I am. I'm surprised Houston lost that game. I'm surprised that this, you know, losing at home streak with both teams continues i'm surprised were you surprised by last night um i can't say i was surprised only because we've seen this before as recently as 2019 i believe That's you're familiar with the world series true. that year yeah um and just the way this series had gone it seems like home field advantage just doesn't really mean anything these two teams are certainly we know houston can win in texas they do nothing but win in texas they're nine and um, one there this year yeah it's pretty wow. remarkable uh, and Texas has proven to be a pretty 
feisty team itself, and uh, you know they're not going to be intimidated by uh, by that Houston crowd. They've certainly had a lot of confidence going into last night, given that uh, you know they, they've won there twice already in this series, and they had uh, you know the, the the best postseason pitcher of the past five years on the mound, Nathan Evaldi. Uh, you know, certainly they, they couldn't have been in a more confident position going into that game than they were, given that they had Evaldi, Framber Valdez had been, uh, you know, mediocre in the postseason. Yes. And they, they had their, their life on the line, and they've got a manager who, uh, we've discussed this before, Tony, he's been through this time and time again. He's won three World Series, and if anybody's going to be sort of a calming presence in that clubhouse and say, guys, we got this, uh, Bruce Bochy's that guy. And he was down one nothing in the first inning. And Evaldi looked fairly shaky, did he not? First two yeah, innings? I mean, he, yes. He had, he, had, he had walked one batter in his first three starts. He walked Michael Brantley twice. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the first 11 batters of the game. So, yeah, he certainly didn't look as good as he had looked previously. But, uh, you know, there's something about Evaldi that the team has confidence in him when he's out there. And he has confidence that he's going to get the job done. And, you know, to this point in his career, I think he's the third pitcher ever to win eight games in his first ten playoff starts. The other two were David Wells and Orlando El Duque Hernandez, who were two of the, uh, you know, probably the two best postseason pitchers during that Yankees run in the late 90s. So, um, you know, Evaldi certainly got up there and uh, overcame that early shakiness and and looked great and, and gave the Rangers exactly what they needed. So I write a bunch of questions down to ask the people who are guests on the show. And I write them down the day before or the evening before. And I wrote this down before the game. And I wrote down in hindsight, Mark, do you think it was wrong to pitch Scherzer? And now that is a very important concept because apparently it's going to be Max Scherzer tonight, right? It is, and I think you're going to see a shorter leash on Max Scherzer than maybe you've ever seen before uh, in his Hall of Fame career because they're not going to let the, uh, the Astros get out to a 5 nothing lead on them again in this game. Uh, you know, Jordan Montgomery will be available out of the bullpen. He's been excellent in three of his four postseason starts. Yes. And if Scherzer shows any cracks early, uh, I would expect to see Montgomery out there. What do you expect from Max Scherzer? He's a Hall of Fame guy. But he has a particular style of pitching. He wants to be very precise. He does not want to strike you out on three pitches. No, it has to be six pitches. He, he is his own person out there. And again, he's a Hall of Famer, but he gives up home runs, a lot of home runs. What do you expect from him? And this is an Astros team that hits a lot of home runs. Yes. Uh, so I don't know what to expect. You know, I was, I was on MLB Network uh, the day before his first start in this series, and Brian Kenny asked us, so what do you think about, what do you expect from Scherzer tonight? I said, he could go out there and give them six innings with one run, and he can go out there and give them one inning with six runs. I just <laughs> think when you have a guy who hasn't pitched very much in the past uh, four to six weeks, and forget the fact that he's in his late 30s, I just don't know that you have any idea. I think we'll know early. I think if you see his slider, uh, looks like the slider we've all grown accustomed to seeing over the past 15 years. If that looks like that in the first inning, then I think he'll be able to get through this and give them you know, five good innings. Uh, if that slider's not biting and, and, and hitters are laying off of it, uh, then I think you could see a short outing from Max Scherzer. But the one thing we know about him, and of course we know this from your famous nickname of the Warrior God, yeah. is he's going to give them everything he has. Yeah. And he knows that this might be his last best chance at winning another World Series. Uh, so I expect him to leave it all out there. What the results look like, I think it's anybody's guess. What happens with Houston's relief pitcher Abreu? who was allegedly supposed to be suspended for two games and legitimately, because these are the rules, uh, appealed so that he could pitch in Game 6. Will that be adjudicated before Game 7? Do you expect him to miss it? So what we heard is that they're going to have the hearing today before the game, uh, which leads me to believe that he will not be available tonight because even if they reduce it to one game, well, it's one game. It's all that's left in the ALCS, and... Um, you know, I know last night on the post-game show they were saying that, or you know, on MLB Network they were saying there's no way they can keep him out for this game. That that you know, you want the Astros at full strength, 
But, you know, when you throw at somebody intentionally, whether it's in the ALCS or game six of the season, there are penalties for that uh, if the league deems that it was, in fact, intentional. So uh, I, I would be surprised if the league just ditched the suspension and said, all right, you'll just pay your fine and, and good luck tonight. Um, you know, if they, if they believe that was an intentional pitch that he threw the other night, uh, I don't expect that he's going to be available tonight, which is going to be a big blow for Houston because you know, he's one of the guys they rely on uh, you know, in this late innings. All the umpires said it was intentional. Most players don't think it was intentional because of the conditions under which he was hit. But what did you think? It seemed intentional. I mean, there's been bad blood between these teams for some time. Uh, you know, Garcia's been sort of in the middle of that, it seems, every time. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if it was intentional. I never want to slap that on a guy and say, you absolutely did that on purpose. The only time I've ever uh, you know, recently been able to say that was absolutely on purpose was when C.C. Sabathia hit somebody on Tampa Bay and then looked in the dugout and said, that was for you, and then screamed <laughs> a name that wasn't so nice. Uh, you know, if a guy says that, then you, there's really no question. But, um, you know, if the, um, the umpires usually have a pretty good feel of these games, uh, in terms of this situation, and uh, given the history there, it's hard to it's hard to completely rule out the idea that it was intentional. Though, if it was, you have to question, uh, you know, sort of his his approach and his mindset. Because in these games at this time of year, unless he was thinking, well, there's no way they're going to suspend me for the final two games right. of the ALCS. But you know what? If it was intentional, then you should be suspended. I mean, if you're going to throw at somebody in a playoff game and say, oh, they're not going to make me serve a suspension until next year. That everybody would do it. It wouldn't. Be, there would be no real consequence to doing something like that. So I don't. You know, it's a tricky situation. I don't like seeing a team short one of its best relievers because of suspension. But at the same time, uh, given the circumstances, it's understandable. I, I, I know. I keep coming back to this. I just assumed that the Altuve home run in the ninth inning was the end of the series. You know that Houston would come home and win easily. I really did. I thought they'd win easily. I think it tells you a lot about Texas and the, the kind of ball club that they have and the players on that team uh, and the manager and the fact that, that you can get up off the mat after that kind of blow uh, is really impressive. And, and, you know, they've been really impressive all year. Everybody thought it was sort of a fluke at the beginning. Um, you know, well, Houston will catch them, and Houston ended up catching them. Um, but it felt like all season we were sort of headed for this series and this moment uh, and the Rangers weren't going down quietly, and I think we're set up for what should be a really, you know, really exciting game tonight. Do you like the Phillies in the other game? It's hard not to. Uh, I mean, every time anybody in their lineup steps up, you expect them to hit the ball 450 feet, uh, <laughs> and half the time they deliver that. Uh, you know, I'm not sure that, that Kyle Schwarber's home run has landed yet, uh, and Bryce Harper's was, was, you know, on the next runway waiting to take off as well. So uh, their their team is just mashing the ball. Arizona, unlike Texas, doesn't have uh, a number of players who have been there, done that, and, uh, and Arizona's going into a place where they got whooped in the yep. first two games. Yep. Uh, and and that, that atmosphere in Philly, I mean, I've been in that ballpark several times for – for playoff games, it's a, it's like a college football SEC Saturday atmosphere, and it's intimidating. And the, the Phillies themselves seem to really feed off that crowd. Uh, it's sort of the opposite of what we've seen in the American League series. Uh, I'd be surprised if Philly didn't go out there with Aaron Nola on the mound tonight and, and lock this thing up in six. I will say this: if it's within three runs in the ninth, you better not go to Kimbrel again. I can't stand him. I can't stand the posing. And he's no good. He's just no good. What do they do? So one of my, maybe my biggest fear in life is birds. I am terrified <laughs> of birds. And every time Kimbrough gets up there with that little eagle oh, hawk thing, I'm God. like, I just don't, I just don't dig it. Um, I'm with you. I, I would be surprised if you saw Craig Kimbrough out there uh, in any sort of a close game tonight. Uh, not that they wouldn't use him again if they get to the World Series, because you'll have a few days to try to work on some stuff. But the way that this series has gone, um, you know, he's he's pitched in six games, he's given up four runs, uh, and he just doesn't look comfortable out there. I think right now he's he's putting on two base runners an inning, uh, which is not what you want in a close playoff game. So they have enough other relievers. I mean, Alvarado. Alvarado's been good. 
has been unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Dominguez is very good. Strom is very good. Uh, Jeff Hoffman, a guy nobody's ever heard of, he's a very good reliever. They've got guys out there, but I'd be surprised if Nola doesn't go out there and give them six plus tonight uh, and really try to limit the number of relievers they have to throw out there to begin with. The thing with Kimbrell is you can't, if you're a reliever and you can't throw strikes, you can't be in the game. He no. just walks people immediately. Immediately. Yeah, he's, walking, he's, he's walking about a batter an inning uh, during the postseason. He's actually walked more than he struck out. He hit a batter so far. So, yeah, it's not going well for Craig Kimbrell. He's had a great career. There are some people who believe he is going to be in the Hall of Fame conversation when all is said and done. Uh, I'm not necessarily one of them. I'm pretty strict when it comes to relievers in the Hall of Fame because there are some relievers who have had really, really good careers. I mean, if Billy Wagner's not in the Hall of Fame yet, I don't know how Craig Kimbrell gets in. Um, but, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see the Phillies having the kind of trust in him uh, based on what we've seen yeah. in his six appearances this postseason to put him out there in a close game. Now, if it's a 4-5 run game, yeah, you, you might see him in That's there right. because you want to get that confidence back for the next round, um, but if there's a pennant on the line, I don't I think, think I think three is the number. I think it's got to be over three to put him in. Yeah, I would agree with that. At, least, at least for tonight, I think you yeah. know if they get to the World Series, you sort of clean the slate. Uh, you know, bullpen session or two on the side, try to figure out what's going on. Uh, this guy's closed big games before. He's pitched well in the playoffs in his career. So just not now. I don't, yeah, I don't think now. this is an issue of. This guy can't handle the pressure of a big game. Oh, no. I just think no, no. he's not the same pitcher he was for the first 10 plus years of his career. All right. Thank you. We will talk during the World Series. Thanks a lot, Mark. Thanks, Tony. Mark Feinstein, boys and girls, we'll take a break. We have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. That's Eric Shaw. And let me just read you what he wrote. Hey, Tony, I put together a little version of the mailbag if you ever want a new one to use. All of the instruments are me. I didn't say they were all good, just all me. They were all good. <laughs> they were all they good. They were all good. Yes, well done, Thank Eric. you, Eric. It's in the rotation now. Nigel, yes. you want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad? Yes, got the bagel sandwiches today. Always happy when that happens. Very happy. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, my friend, and you will be thrilled. That's it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, when I look out my window, many sights to see. And when I look in my window, so many different people to be that it's strange, so strange. You got to pick up every stitch. You got to pick up every stitch. You got to pick up every stitch. I'll just add one. Rabbits running in the ditch. Oh, whoa. Must be the season of the witch. That's Donovan. Wasn't he the Scottish Bob Dylan? No. He was said to be the Scottish Bob Dylan, but he was not. But he was good. Yes, he was. Donovan Leach. He was very, very good. Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon, Mark Feinsand. Thanks to our sponsors today. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. From Todd Berkner in Adamstown, Maryland. Since you have never been to a Dollar Tree, is it safe to assume you have never grilled a Dollar Tree steak? Do they have... Meats? I'm sure they do. Hmm. At the Dollar Tree, they have Not meats? Sure. Let yeah. me investigate this. Oh. From Mike Drago, or Drago, it should come as no surprise that Taylor Swift is such a huge football fan. She graduated from a virtual football factory. Why a missing area high school? The Spartans won a state championship in 2012, are ranked number two in the state in Class 3A, and are headed to their fifth straight district title. Recently, the school dedicated its stadium in honor of legendary football coach Bob Wolfram. Taylor, surprisingly, was not at the dedication ceremony. She was probably busy working on the lyrics of a song she'll release when she decides it's time to dump Travis Kelsey. She was at the game again last night. She was, with her own secret handshake and everything, yes. She's the effect is real in our house. I look at Liz during dinner, and all of a sudden I just see her looking at GameCast on her phone. (laughs) Um, She's... She's the rising tide that lifts all. She really is. Uh, by the way, we need to get you a friendship bracelet. Do I just am seeing this 60 second review the $1 ribeye steak from Dollar Tree. I can't imagine. $1? $1 steaks, yes. Wow. From Ramon Rubalacaba in Mesa, Arizona. 180 batting average. Who cares? 
That's what I said. First pitch bomb. Diamondbacks just happy to be here. Yeah, Schwarber. Schwarber. Yeah. Um, Joe Bianchino. Oh, our friend Joe Bianchino. We love Joe. In Latham, New York. If the nine-seated fat bear upsets the eighth-seated fat bear, but is in fact the fatter of the two bears, is it an upset? Brilliant. It's, Bob Ryan. it's a Bob Ryan moment. It's totally brilliant. From Matt in Columbia, Missouri. I actually found a reason to email the show. Never thought that day would come. I run a 600-person company, and we were looking at our options for health insurance this year. Our broker came back with Cigna being the cheapest option. Long story short, we went with the more expensive <laughs> I realize they're a $90 billion company that makes $10 billion in E-B-I-T-D-A, whatever that means. But it still feels good to shave a million dollars off of them. Little's getting bigs backs. That's very nice. From Jeff Boyd in Pittsburgh. Yes, the song Everybody's Talking. Um, I didn't, oh, wait a second. Was sung by Harry Nilsson in the movie Midnight Cowboy, but you implied Nilsson wrote the song. No, he did not. Fred Neal wrote the song. Oh, I, did I not knew that. A somewhat forgotten artist who influenced a cadre of singer-songwriters in the 60s. He also wrote Do You Believe in Magic and among others, Other Side of Life. He virtually stopped recording and touring in the 70s, spent the next 30 years assisting in the preservation of dolphins. Check him out because he had a very unusual life. No, I knew that Nilsson did not do that. I knew it was Fred Neal. I, if I implied otherwise, I apologize. From Jim in Lutherville, Maryland. First PTI gets canceled. Now Louise Gluck passes. As a concerned little, I need to know, how are you doing? Can I loan you some compression socks? I have spares. From Gary Van Giesen. I think we can all agree it's been a very tough year for New York sports fans. Rodgers out after four plays. Giants stink. Yanks and Mets with huge payrolls can't make the playoffs. Knicks and Nets awful. But there is one shining light we can hang our hat on. The New York rivalry that tops them all. Fordham versus Stony Brook. Final score, Fordham 26, Stony Brook 7, and it wasn't that close. Eat it, Stony Brook. Fordham. From Mike Winkler. I wasn't going to check in on the Mount Rushmore game, but now I feel I must. Speaking from Milwaukee, the second most Midwestern city behind Toronto, we don't have an overwhelming number of superstars, but we have the ones we have are pretty remarkable. Giannis Antetokounmpo, I won't waste our time by listing his credentials, Robin Yount, and of course Kareem. We eventually forgave him for calling Milwaukee a cultural wasteland because he's Kareem. And then it gets pretty thin. Moncrief, Molidor, maybe Euchre, I'm not sure. I settled on Fonzie, mostly because there's a bronze <laughs> statue of him in town and the indelible Henry Winkler shares my last name. Maybe it's not sports related, but come on, he's the Fonz. It's the best I could do. Uh, Greg Roberts, Logan, Utah, by way of Pingich. I don't know what that is. Must be a town. After you joked about the eclipse being in the middle of nowhere, Utah, being seen by a bunch of sheep, I realized that I'd, been re I'd be returning home from a trip on that same day in the exact middle of nowhere, Utah. We avoided the I-15 freeway to stay away from any eclipse traffic and pulled a van over near Panguitch, Utah. No sheep to be seen, but there was an actual cattle drive happening just down the road. We put on our eclipse glasses and watched as the crescent turned to a full ring of fire and the temperature dropped to a nice 35 degrees. I listened for any exclamations of lachiserie as the moon covered the sun but heard none. My seven-year-old and the local livestock were thoroughly unimpressed by the whole experience. I think that must be very cool. That must have been that must, amazing Greg, to see. Greg, that must have been very cool. Uh, from Ramzi Shuhayabar. If Jason Lockenfora is looking for work, I could sure help getting some... I could sure use help getting some drywall done in my garage. Is he free on Tuesday? <laughs> from Alex Lau in New York City. I was going to try and help Jason Lockenfora find a fifth job until I heard the proceeds from said job would go to pay... Tuition at Syracuse. Did you tell him he can get a 10% discount on tuition if his kid grows a chin strap beard? <laughs> and I imagine he would save on room and board, as I'm sure the school has to pay students to live in a place like Syracuse rather than the other way around. Does his kid get a scholarship for being a foreign exchange student going to the school in Canada? I'm here all week, folks. <laughs> Try the deal. Uh, from Graham Larson. Could you please alert Jason Lockenford that I have a fifth gig for him? I've asked my teenage sons to clean out the gutters, but given their allergy to free labor, I bet they would pay Jason to do it. I'll throw in a bottle of Allegra in my Southwest Miles. <laughs> Thanks, and bless you. From Murray Moment in Winnipeg in Canada, um, Manitoba. I had no idea we could vote on the Forgotten Five, but Forgotten Five final finalists, the strong National Museum of Play. Let's flood the system. For pogo stick, everybody can vote. Yes, I had that wrong. Uh, it's actual not, people. It's can not vote? a veterans committee. The people can have their voices heard. So if you like pogo stick, that. yeah. From Matt in Corning, New York, where I've been, visited the Toy Hall of Fame in Rochester. Wanted to share sand and stick with Grandpa. <laughs> Just send stuff, pictures of sand inducted 2021. 
Oh. <laughs> and then oh, stick. Golly, stick. Perfect for pretending, it says. Um, <laughs> you don't have to explain stick. <laughs> no. What is it? So it's this is from. Oh wow! There's a whole bunch of baby pictures in this. This is from Ku Aurora, the woman to whom I'm related by marriage, and I recently had triplet boys. No IVF, all natural, babe. Never tell me the odds. As you can imagine, it has been overwhelming, and it took us some time to come up with names. I pitched some great ones. Me, how about Steph, Clay, and Draymond? Her, I know Steph Curry. Who are the other guys? Me. Okay, what about Michael, Scotty, and Dennis? Her, I know Michael Jordan, but who are the other guys? Fine. How about the captain, Bootsy, and the hammer? <laughs> Silence from her. You know, like Michael Kornheiser's kids, Mr. Tony's grandson. Her, that show stinks. The boy, boys were born early, so we've been spending every day in the uh, NICU. My wife has been singing classics to them, like Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star and Wheels on the Bus. Meanwhile, I've been playing a show for them wherein a monkey picks NFL lines and Wilbon complains about the Bears. Thanks for the laughs and keeping us company. And it's Kunal from Germantown, Maryland, uh, Chuck and Roxy episode to be determined if and when life returns to some sort of normalcy. Isn't that lovely? And the names? We don't have names. Okay. I think if you get triplets, you have to go with like Larry, Moe, and Curly, Curly, right? Yeah. We don't, you know, it doesn't have names. He's a high school media and video production teacher. So I guess they settled on Bootsy the Hammer and the yeah, Captain. Yeah, seems so. like it, yeah. I'll tell the boys. From Tom Kyle <laughs> in Lexington, <laughs> Kentucky. <laughs> Talk about a tough decision from Lexington. <laughs> Man of War, World Away Citation, American Pharaoh, and George Clooney. How do you take one off? <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. From Travis Pat in South Weber or South Weber, I guess, Utah, because Weber oh, State. Weber State, yeah. I guess yeah. it's Weber. Usually I'm residing in my small city a few miles south of Weber State's campus, but recently I was called upon again by our country for my expertise. The photos attached are from today's dining facility on base here in Djibouti, Africa. One picture is of the ice cream cart that comes out every so often to serve us. Growing up in Louisiana and living off of Bluebell ice cream, seeing this brand caught me off guard. It is made by Turkey Hill Creamery, which is produced in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Yeah, Turkey Hill is very common here. This is my first time coming across this brand. I could not confirm the expiration date, but it tasted all right to me. The other picture is a quick reminder that we hear you, see you, and appreciate you. You give us joy in tough times. Isn't that nice? That's very lovely. Djibouti is it's a, a bit long of, way away. Yeah, it's a bit of a drive. It's a long way away. Uh, from Gerard Letterer. No weather report for Michael. No unique ways to cook a chicken. No lunch menus, nor directions home from work. Just a simple thank you. Thank you to Carla Bonoff for her generosity and talent and to the pod for a sampler of her music. I was transported back to Haverford College in the closing days of the 70s when her music could be heard throughout the campus. I know because my wife and I had a morning show. Yes, the same station featured in Mar or Mayor of Easttown. Mayor oh, Mayor of Easttown. I'm unfamiliar with that. Oh, yeah. That they was played a... Bonoff and the many other singer-songwriters of the day. Ours was the Rainbow Show, but rather than Judy Garland, our walk-up music featured Kermit and Miss Piggy as lead vocals. P.S. Don't ask Mike from, Bur- from Burke for confirmation. He was living at Bryn Mawr. P.P.S. My kids still hold it against you for making fun of their holiday message 20 years ago. Worse, you went and repeated it, the criticism on the afternoon Echo Show, just in time for all of their friends to hear it. I'm sorry. I apologize. You should watch clips of uh, Kate Winslet's accent for the show. Oh, yeah. Kate Winslet. That's right. Uh, it's really good. She does a, a British. She, she is British. She's British. She does it's, an American. It's a, it's a it's, Pennsylvania. It's a Pennsylvania, accent. specific Pennsylvanian sort of accent. Oh, okay. She I plays a sheriff investigating some kind of yeah. murder. Mar- Mar- Dur- Durder's murder in the water. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's really good. Get out of your bike tent, everyone. As always, do wear white. Go be. I should leave this town You keep telling me there's gotta be a better way To fall down But things that I thought were locked in my history Come back around Sorrow to the left of me Got on the TV Gonna 
Alone together 